Chapter Thirty Nine of Gunman's Reckoning by Max Brand. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Nellie Lebron smelled danger. She sensed it as plainly as the deer when the puma comes between her and the wind. The many tokens that something was wrong came to her by small hints which had to be put together before they assumed any importance. First of all, her father, who should have burst out at her in a triad for having left Lord Nick for Donnegan, said nothing at all, but kept a dark smile on his face when she was near him. He even insinuated that Nick's time was done and that another was due to supersede him. In the second place, she had passed into a room where Masters, Joe Ricks, and the peddler sat cheek by jowl in close conference with a hum of deep voice, but at her appearance all talk was broken off. It was not strange that they should not invite her into their confidence if they had some dark work ahead of them, but it was exceedingly suspicious that Joe Ricks attempted to pass off their whispers by immediately breaking off the soft talk and springing into the midst of a full-fledged jest. Also, it was strangest of all that when the jest ended, even the peddler, who rarely smiled, now laughed uproariously and smote Joe soundingly on the back. Even a child could have strung these incidents into a chain of evidence which pointed toward danger. Obviously, the danger was not directly hers, but then it must be directed at someone near to her. Her father? No. He was more apt to be the mainspring of their action. Lord Nick? There was nothing to gain by attacking him. Who was left? Donnegan? As the realization came upon her, it took her breath away for a moment. Donnegan was the man. At breakfast, everyone had been talking about him. Lebron had remarked that he had a face for the cards, emotionless. Joe Ricks had commented upon his speed of hand, and the peddler had complimented the little man on his dress. But at lunch, not a word was spoken about Donnegan, even after she had dexterously introduced the subject twice. Why the sudden silence? Between morning and noon, Donnegan must have grievously offended them. Fear for his sake stimulated her, but above and beyond this, indeed, there was a mighty feminine curiosity. She smelled the secret. It reeked through the house, and she was devoured by eagerness to know. She handpicked Lord Nick's gang in the hope of finding a weakness among them, some weakness upon which she could play in one of them, and draw out what they were all concealing. The peddler was as unapproachable as a crag on a mountaintop. Masters was wise as an outlaw bronco. Lester was probably not even in the confidence of the others, because since the affair with Landis his nerve had been shattered to bits, and the others secretly despised him for being beaten by the youngster at the draw. There remained, therefore, only Joe Ricks. But Joe Ricks was a fox of the first quality. He lied with the smoothness of silk. He could show a dozen colors in as many moments. Come to the windward of Joe Ricks? It was a delicate business, but since there was nothing else to do, she fixed her mind upon it, working out this puzzle. Joe Ricks wished to destroy Donnegan for reasons that were evidently connected with the mines, and she must step into his confidence 
to discover his plans. How should it be done? And there was a vital need for speed, for they might be within a step of executing whatever mischief it was that they were planning. She went down from her room. They were still there, only Joe Ricks was not with them. She went to the apartment where he and the other three of Nick's gang slept and rapped at the door. He maintained the smile when he saw her, but there was an uncertain quiver of his eyebrows that told her much. Plainly, he was ill at ease, suspicious. Aye, there were always clouds of suspicion drifting over the red, round face of Joe Ricks. She put a tremor of excitement and trouble in her voice. "'Come into my room, Joe, where we won't be interrupted.' He followed her without a word, and since she led the way, she was able to relax her expression for a necessary moment. When she closed the door behind him and faced Joe again, she was once more ready to step into her part. She did not ask him to sit down. She remained for a moment with her hand on the knob and searched the face of Joe Ricks eagerly. "'Do you think he can hear?' she whispered, gesturing over her shoulder. "'Who?' "'Who but Lord Nick!' she exclaimed softly. The bewilderment of Joe clouded his face a second, and then he was able to smooth it away. What on earth was the reason for her concern about Lord Nick? He was obviously wondering. "'I'll tell you why,' she said, answering the unspoken question at once. "'He's as jealous as the devil, Joe.' The fat little man sighed as he looked at her. "'He can't hear. Not through that log wall, but we'll talk soft if you want.' "'Yes, yes, keep your voice down.' He's already jealous of you, Joe. Of me? He knows I like you, that I trust you, and just now he's on edge about everyone I look at. The surprising news which the first part of the sentence contained caused Joe to gape, and the girl looked away in concern, enabling him to control his expression, for she knew well enough that men hate to appear foolishly surprised, and particularly a fox like Joe Ricks. "'But what's the trouble, Nellie?' he added, with a touch of venom. "'I thought everything was going smoothly with you, "'and I thought you weren't worrying much "'about what Lord Nick had in his mind.' "'She stared at him as though astonished. "'Do you think the same just as the rest of them?' "'she asked sadly. "'Do you mean to say that you're fooled "'just the same as Harry Masters and the Peddler "'and the rest of those fools, including Nick himself?' Joe Ricks was by no means willing to declare himself a fool beforehand. He now mustered a look of much reserved wisdom. "'I have my own doubts, Nell, but I'm not talking about them.' He was so utterly at sea that she had to bite her lip hard to keep from breaking into ringing laughter. "'Oh, I knew that you'd see through it, Joe,' she cried softly. "'You see what an awful mess I've gotten into.' He passed a hurried hand across his forehead and then looked at her searchingly. But he could not penetrate her pretense of concern. "'No matter what I think,' said Joe Ricks, "'you come out with it frankly. I'll listen.' "'As a friend, Joe?' She managed to throw a plea into her voice that made Joe sigh. "'Sure. You've already said that I'm your friend, and you're right.' "'I'm in terrible, terrible trouble. You know how it happened. I was a fool. I tried to play with Lord Nick, and now... He thinks I was in earnest. As though the strength of his legs had given way, Joe Ricks slipped down into a chair. 
Go on, he said huskily. You were playing with Lord Nick? Can't you put yourself in my place, Joe? It's always been taken for granted that I'm to marry Nick, and the moment he comes around, everybody else avoids me, as if I were poison. I was sick of it. And when he showed up this time, it was the same old story. A man would as soon sign his own death warrant as ask me for a dance. You know how it is. He nodded, still at sea, but with a light beginning to dawn in his little eyes. I'm only a girl, Joe. I have all the weakness of other girls. I don't want to be locked up in a cage just because I love one man. The avowal made Joe blink. It was the second time that day that he had been placed in an astonishing scene, but some of his old cunning remained to him. Nell, he said suddenly, rising from his chair and going to her, what are you trying to do to me? Pull the wool over my eyes? It was too much for Nellie Lebron. She knew that she could not face him without betraying her guilt, and therefore she did not attempt it. She whirled and flung herself on her bed, face down, and began to sob violently, suppressing the sounds. And so she waited. Presently, a hand touched her shoulder lightly. "'Go away,' cried Nellie in a choked voice. "'I hate you, Joe Ricks. You're like all the rest.' His knee struck the floor with a soft thud. "'Come on, Nell, don't be hard on me. I thought you were stringing me a little, but if you're playing straight, tell me what you want.' At that, she bounced upright on the bed, and before he could rise, she caught him by both shoulders. "'I want Donnegan,' she said fiercely. "'What? I want him dead.' Joe Ricks gasped. "'Here's the cause of all my trouble. Just because I flirted with him once or twice, Nick thought I was in earnest, and now he's sulking, and Donnegan puts on airs and acts as if I belonged to him. I hate him, Joe.' and if he's gone, Nick will come back to me. He'll come back to me, Joe, and I want him so. She found that Joe Ricks was staring straight into her eyes, striving to probe her soul to its depths, and by a great effort she was enabled to meet that gaze. Finally, the fat little man rose slowly to his feet. Her hands trailed from his shoulders as he stood up and fell helplessly upon her lap. "'Well, I'll be hanged, Nell!' exclaimed Joe Ricks. "'What do you mean?' "'You're not acting a part?' "'No, I can see you mean it. "'But what a cold-blooded little—' He checked himself. His face was suddenly jubilant. "'Then we've got him, Nell. "'We've got him, if you're with us. "'We had him anyway, but we'll make sure of him if you're with us. "'Look at this. "'You saw me put a paper in my pocket when I opened the door of my room. "'Here it is.' He displayed before the astonished eyes of Nellie Lebron a paper covered with an exact duplicate of her own swift, dainty script. And she read, "'Nick is terribly angry and is making trouble. I have to get away. It isn't safe for me to stay here. Will you help me? Will you meet me at the shack by Donnell's Ford tomorrow morning at ten o'clock?' "'But I didn't write it,' cried Nellie Lebron, bewildered. Nellie, Joe Ricks, chuckled flushing with pleasure. You didn't. It was me. I kind of had an idea that you wanted to get rid of this Donnegan, and I was going to do it for you, and then surprise you with the good news. Joe, you forged it. Don't bother saying pretty things about me and my pen. 
said Rix modestly. This is nothing. But if you want to help me, Nellie. His voice faded partly out of her consciousness as she fought against a tigerish desire to spring at the throat of the little fat man. But gradually it dawned on her that he was asking her to write out that note herself. Why? Because it was possible that Donnegan might have seen her handwriting, and in that case, though the imitation had been good enough to deceive Nellie herself, it probably would not for a moment fool the keen eyes of Donnegan. But if she herself wrote out the note, Donnegan was already as good as dead. That is, concluded Joe Ricks, if he really loves you, Nell. The fool cried Nellie. He worships the ground I walk on, Joe, and I hate him for it. Even Joe Ricks shivered, for he saw the hate in her eyes and could not dream that he himself was the cause and the object of it. There was a red haze of horror and confusion in front of her eyes, and yet she was able to smile while she copied the note for Joe Ricks. "'But how are you going to work it?' she asked. "'How are you going to kill him, Joe?' "'Don't bother your pretty head,' said the fat man, smiling. "'Just wait till we bring you the good news.' "'But are you sure?' she asked eagerly. "'See what he's done already? He's taken Landis away from us. He's baffled Nick himself, in some manner, and he's gathered the mines away from all of us. He's a devil, Joe, and if you want to get him, you'd better take ten men for the job.' "'You hate him, Nell, don't you?' queried Joe Ricks, and his voice was both hard and curious. "'But how has he harmed you?' "'Hasn't he taken Nick away from me? Isn't that enough?' The fat man shivered again. All right, I'll tell you how it works. Now listen. And he began to check off the details of his plan. End of chapter 39